This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Boy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Yeah, why don't we um, continue with that topic of 2020 being a crazy year um, <laughs> talk about your agency, Boy Media, and how it's been doing, I guess, and affected by, um, you know, everything that's going on and, and I guess like kind of maybe what you're doing to power through it. Yeah, so basically, I'm, I'm not sure people know, but my name is Kevin Urutia, one of the founders of Boy Media. And we run Facebook ads, we do Google ads, and then we also have a Facebook group as well where we share information about what's working on, on Facebook. Uh, we also have a podcast called Digital Marketing Fastlane where similar style where we just sort of share stuff that we're learning and, and stuff that we're seeing online. But uh, sort of with sort of this cold COVID thing, we do a lot of e-commerce companies here. So a lot of e-commerce companies, I guess three months ago when it was kind of starting, even for us too, we were really concerned about what was going on just because there was so, so much uncertainty with what was happening. So I think that first month for everybody, even for us, just like as a business wise, we were just kind of like, just not really sure what we were doing or was, what was happening. So at least for me and Wilson, the partner of the other agency, we kind of talked to the team and said, hey, like, let's try to figure out what can we do to sort of make sure that we're all fine. And then also trying to figure out what can we do for our clients. And we got on a call with all the clients to sort of just talk to them to figure out how they're feeling and, you know, what they think about the situation. And other than that, business-wise, I was, we we're talking to clients like, just sort of look at what the government's doing. You know, even for us, we're, we're looking at all the SBA loans that came out, all the PPP loans came out. Like we told our partners, you need to apply for them just because it makes sense. Just business-wise, like SBA loans, very much you can use it for like what, two and a half months of payroll and like very low interest rates. So you should be applying for them. So we kind of just like did whatever any sort of regular business would do uh, during this time. And also because like, obviously I run Boy Media, but I think Reggie, you know, I have my other companies as well that I have people to employ there. So that for me, it was really just taking a look at it through Boy Media, obviously the media buying, but also my other companies that I still run that have other employees there too. But now I'm kind of like after initially the first month, it's got better and we saw really like almost everybody in the e-commerce space was seeing like great results and great ad spend and the CPMs were lower because all of these companies pulled out. But then eventually as we sort of hit towards like, you know, the previous holiday, CPMs went back up again. So now we're kind of like stabilizing again, but I think it's because it's sort of like now this is the new normal. So it's kind of like people are kind of know what to do, what people are expecting the same thing now. But even yesterday was interesting where it was like the black Tuesday. I'm assuming everybody saw, that on their Instagram feeds, we had some clients just email us saying, Hey, we would love to pause our ads. So for some brands we were pausing ads, but for some others, they were doing really well. So we were scaling those campaigns up because CPMs are so cheap. So it's kind of those things where you kind of just like go with the flow and, and then figure out what you, what you're doing. But that's kind of like what we're seeing. John, do you work at an agency or at a, at a brand? Uh, yeah, I'm involved in a few different brands. Um, and I do some, a little bit of everything, web development, optimization, and ads and everything. So Okay, cool. So is it kind of like your own e-commerce stores or is, do you rep, represent a bunch I of different companies with, um, an agency? One of the primary, primary companies is uh, called Storytime Chess. We sell a, a chess set for children. Um, oh, cool. Chess through fun, engaging stories. 
it's been a great uh, response to it since we came out with it. Um, Did you just come out with us just now, or was that? We came out with it about a year ago. Okay, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the, we do a lot of kids products too, and you guys do a lot of like, because I, 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 I totally forgot, because that was a time where all the teachers were also working from home. So we had a lot of kids products here too, and it's like free resources for parents. Free, res I'm assuming you guys did that too. Yeah, it's you know looking for a stay at home activity yeah. kind of thing. You know that stuff was uh, that was doing really well. well. Mm -hmm. I'm and, looking uh, up. It looks awesome. For that company, did you guys just launch it, or was it like a Kickstarter? Or I know a lot of kids products start with Kickstarter. We started with a Kickstarter, and then yeah, uh, I figured, and, yeah, and then kind of graduated into yeah. proper e-commerce space. Not that Kickstarter isn't, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a game changer to have the product on hand, and you know, learn. I, I mean, we we decided to do the ads in house, and yeah. um, I've worked a bit with uh, Justin Marshall. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, from Adweeks. From Ad he's from Adweeks, but I, I think he's. I don't remember him. He's uh, Ad Hoc Media. I don't know if you know. Okay. Him. Oh, is he? But he's from Hawk Media. Ad Hoc Media. Yeah. Oh, Ad Hoc Media. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's different. And Nicholas but, this too. Hey, Nicholas. It's been a huge learning experience, and you know. I Are you guys on WooCommerce, or what are you guys on right now? Yeah, WooCommerce. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> don't like it huh <laughs> no no it's 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 fine my i have a i'm not sure i think reggie you know but i have chester travels which is a chester a luggage company that's also woocommerce as well but that's custom design um so yeah. it's a little different i could tell by that buy button with it's like the shiny kind of buy now logo yeah that's from, that's courtesy of dv I, i'm trying to get off dv for yeah. <laughs> pretty soon just yeah. do a custom build but it's one of the many things that is on my list <laughs> <laughs> And then for you guys, like, what do you guys, I guess for like creative wise, when we're doing creatives for kids products, what we're seeing work really well is obviously like people paying, playing with the products, parents giving it to their kids, like kind of like reaction videos are working real well for us. And then just, um, you know, demoing the product. Is that kind of what you guys are seeing too? Yeah, it's crazy. Like I thought that our, the video that we made for Kickstarter would be the winner and <laughs> it's yeah. been user generated content all the way. Yeah, UGC just killed it. Like we always tell brands that we work with that like through that post, I guess like post purchase funnel, after like what 25 or 30 days, have some sort of offer or like email to collect the reviews or testimonials. So what we do for like let's say Chester for example is after someone buys the luggage, we'll tell them like, hey, if you give us a video review or video testimonial, then we'll give you like a free $50 gift card for your next luggage item. Something that's like enticing. And then Really what you want to do too is in that email, give it a sample of what the video you want them to say of what, uh -huh. like, Hey, some things you could say are like, this is because then if you tell somebody, Hey, maybe make a video testimonial, they'll be like, what do you want me to say? And then they'll be like, oh, I don't want to do it. But if you give them examples, it makes it much easier. Totally. That's a great, that's a great idea. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I was, I was, cause I was just going to ask that. How do you get them to like say what you, you know, the right angles or something like that, or the right benefits or whatever yeah. that explains that. Yeah. I think if you completely just send them, uh, we always tell people just make that perfect video, what you want them to say. And in that video, say keywords that you want. Like, I love this brand. I love their shipping because in subtle, subtly through marketing, they'll be like, those are the words they'll remember while they're making the video. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all marketing. Yeah. And so do you have them like do it with holding, holding the luggage or something? <laughs> 
either holding luggage, holding the product, the, ideally with the product image you want, yeah. or at least like packing it or something like that. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. The best. Yeah. So that's another good idea for you guys to sort of try. That is a great idea. I'll have to try that. Right now we're doing like social proof campaigns where we'll show the ads to past customers and they'll comment on them. And that's another good one too. Yeah. My partner will DM them for, to see if they can send us content. Yeah. That's another great one too. Like I think that strategy is good. Like you make like a lookalike, not a lookalike, but a a custom audience of your past customers and Mm -hmm. then have an ad to saying like comment why you love our product. And then, you know, people will sometimes do that. Yeah. 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 I've seen some companies before where, like some of the best ads that they're running are just like UGC content that someone posted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. But anybody else have some t- ticks of tactics for getting UGC content? <laughs> I was going to say, well, maybe someone's thinking of a question. I was going to say, I might have to try that for RevealBot. Maybe I can try and figure out how to do uh, UGC for software. <laughs> you can, I mean, I'm trying to think right now too. What hold if up you're your like, laptop. <laughs> yeah, hold up your laptop. Oh, you know what you could do, Reggie? You could show, you know what, you know what would be good? Because we got this in the morning too. You could, you could have maybe a screen sharing of someone's Slack channel of all the reveal notifications of it doing the thing that, the, mm-hmm. the rules. Uh-huh, that's, yeah. Right? Because I see that every morning. I'm just like, okay, cool. What happened in this account? And then you yeah. can say, hey, look, we're actually working for you while you're sleeping. So you could show them like 12 at midnight to eight in the morning and then it shows like how you're making money, right? Yeah. That, what's hilarious actually is uh, we, we thought of that concept and we made a um, GIF animation for our like onboarding campaign. Uh, so that should be in there soon, but that, that's a good that idea is. for, to, I'm glad that you said that because that kind of, you know, just validates that whole like idea or that angle. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah. That's really funny. It reminds yeah. me of, because um, I, I, when I was showing our designer or talking to our designer about the idea, I was yeah. like, I saw this one product on Product Hunt where it's about like a do not disturb tool. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You know talking yeah. about? That one's so good. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, I'm not sure if you guys seen it, but like it has like samples of like, hey baby, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> it's just yeah. like a very provocative message. <laughs> yeah, super inappropriate things on the landing page. And yeah. you immediately just get right away like, how this app will help you. It's a really good landing page. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I like, love, yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. I love yeah. that one. It's very unique, but yeah, it works really well. Yeah. So I yeah. You're perfect. Yep. Yeah. I have a question that doesn't really relate to reveal, but so uh, I've been reading about they're going to be cracking down through Apple on the Facebook pixel and something about, I guess the length of time that that tracking will still be able to be used. Have you guys read anything about that or understand much about it? So I saw that, I was looking into it. So I think, I'm not sure if you also saw that Facebook now has that like offline conversion tracking through the server, right? So what I'm thinking is gonna happen now is that, so you know how Facebook started adding that GID? Remember before Facebook, maybe like a year and a half ago, there was never that like FB click, right, thing? Remember that, FB? you know how like when you click an ad a link on Facebook, yeah. there's always like that question mark FB click ID. Oh yeah, in the yeah. query so, string. In the query string, yeah. So about two years ago, that was never there. So mm-hmm. that was like a way to like kind of fight this thing of like the, these sort of, you know, people like Apple blocking the, the trackers. And then about a few months ago, Facebook released a better integration for like offline tracking. So what I'm thinking is what's gonna happen is, so you know how now all the conversion is like a pixel you install on the front end? What I'm thinking is going to happen is like, you're going to have to pass this conversion through the back end and just like 
copy that ID that Facebook sends you and then like passes like a purchase data. Kind of like you, you probably saw how like people were trying to do this with like Amazon orders where they like export your order and then you do like an offline conversion. I mm. think it's gonna be more, I think it's gonna be something like that if it gets super hard. But I'm know for a fact like Google and Facebook make what 90% of their money from this. They're gonna have to they're gonna find a way, right? And that's and if you look at it now, like think about like the Facebook ads on mobile. Why does Facebook have their own browser now? Because now it's their own browser. They can pass all the data. Whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. So it's the same thing like um, why Google created Chrome because they want to get all this data. And these companies are going to do something where Apple's, of course, Apple's a huge ads player, right? But Facebook and Google are like, we make too much money off ads. We're going to have to find a way, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's, not, that's sort of what I'm thinking might happen is as a developer, like something like WooCommerce or Shopify, you might have to just like pass in the data through like an API then. Uh, no. But like, so that's what I think at least uh, just thinking about it, but you're not too worried about it. No, I'm not too, too worried about it. And I think these companies, they're going to have to find a way. It's similar to like, you know, Facebook with the ad block. Think about it. Like if you ever look at like inspect element and then you see like an ad on Facebook, you see how obfuscated it is. They're constantly changing that code up that way these ad blockers show ads. So, right. Totally. Yeah. I tell people like that's probably the worst job to have at Facebook because you're just like blocking code to like, but like it's so important for them that they need to hire engineers to do it. So, totally. Yeah. You you spoke about um, Amazon. We sell on Amazon as well, and oh, nice. you know one of the hardest things is like when you have automated rules and like there's such discrepancies day to day in the recorded ROAS, you know, through ads because people are seeing the product on an ad, going to our website and then checking if it's on Amazon and then completing the sale there. So Facebook never learns about it. And I'm, I'm wondering, you were saying something about there's some way to make that communicate back to Facebook through an off, offline conversion? So there was a way. So basically because on Amazon, you can do like export orders. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how accurate it is now, but before, if you can export your orders, you can sort of like match your name address to someone on Facebook and then sort of see if they purchased it. It's not accurate. There's a guy, uh, his name is Yev, and mm -hmm. he has a tool on that. Have you heard of it, Reggie? You know? No, that's out of my uh, scope of expertise. I've never done anything on Amazon. <laughs> it's called zontracker.io. Zon okay. Yeah, so Yev, he's actually, he's probably in like all these Facebook groups too. He's a really cool dude. But basically you connect your your Amazon account to your Facebook offline event and then somehow try to match the sales that you got from Am from Facebook to Amazon. Well, that's good to know that that's a possibility. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He has a Facebook group too, so it might be worth looking at him and joining or obviously looking at one of his webinars. But he has a cool dude, so definitely recommend that. Cool, thanks. Cool. So John, why don't you, uh, if, if you want to uh, share, can you tell us a bit about what you're doing on Facebook, for instance, or with Instagram ads that are working for you right now? Totally. So right now, I think one of the biggest things that's been a game changer, which I kind of already mentioned was the social proofing. Like it just makes the ad so much seem to convert so much better by having your past customers commenting on the ads and saying, this, this is so great. And sometimes they'll even post pictures in the comments like of, of the product, which is just a game changer. And then one of the, the other things that, has been working pretty well is just using different uh, different types of ads, using the carousel ad, mm -hmm. showing all the different features of the product, 
kind of just different placements and I've been, I've been trying to dial into the breakdowns of our top of funnel audiences and see who's buying this thing and where they are. And a lot of times it's, it's in the coasts and, you know, just kind of then making an audience that is uh, isolated to that, you know, the row ass is a little for the uh, for the ads that you're making with the social proof, what kind of things are are you showing in there related to you? I guess your product specifically, uh, like is it like kids playing with it, or is it parents um, saying how great it is? I just dump all of our ads into the past customers social proofing group because they end up getting a lot of traction, and then seems to help them in the auction too as they get started. No, that okay. makes sense. So you're just dumping a bunch then, of different ads in there. Sorry. No yeah, and then once you know, once I look at I look at the frequencies, you know, every couple of weeks on, in that group or every week, and and if it's getting too high, I'll turn off you know the ones that are people have seen too much and okay. you know. Do you use rules or anything to manage those frequencies at all? Or I haven't yet, but that's something I probably <laughs> should start doing. Yeah, I don't know if we have a strategy for frequencies. But that's something to look into. But yeah, we have customers that use uh, like automations for managing frequencies and changing out ads once they get too high or something like that. So yeah, frequencies like, become really important in my education. Like I, I don't know, yeah. I, I'm new to this relatively, and you know we were probably we were scaling, you know, pretty aggressively for a while, and the remarketing audiences were we're just overspending. They were being, the frequency was too high. And yeah. once I figured that out with some other people's help, I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I built that into my rules and, you know, made sure that, you know, if you're, your add to cart audience the last 14 days is over the last seven days is seeing it, you know, more than seven times, you're probably having diminishing returns. Right. I've been there before too. When I first started getting into Facebook ads, I was doing it for a B2B company, B2B SaaS company. And we struggled with getting ads because we would, it, it's just hard to make ads, good ads for software, especially in the space that that company was in. And so when we finally found some good ads that worked, we just use them over and over and over again. And we're like, oh, the cost per acquisition is going up. We'll just have to spend more because it was like a funded company and had all this money. And eventually we hit a breaking point and our frequency was like in the high teens to like low twenties. <laughs> um, yeah. but it was, and I'm pretty sure we're still running like, you know, almost the same ads basically just like cut up a little bit differently. <laughs> but I've been there before and I was like, what is going on? And then you finally you find that metric and you're like, Oh shoot, that makes a lot of sense. One thing I've heard, and I'm curious your guys' opinion on this is, spending 70% of your budget on top of funnel to 30% remarketing as a general rule of thumb. Once I started doing that for this account, it seemed to start working better on the whole. Well, what's your guys' thought on, on that kind of breakdown or do you feel like it's really dependent? That's usually kind of how we do it too here as well is top of the funnel gets about 70 to 80%. And then about the rest is like, you know, middle of the funnel or bottom of the funnel. Cause then like when you're looking at your CAC or your ROAS, you're looking at like, you really want to look at your blended one. So then really almost all your ROAS is going to come from the top, but then your middle and the bottom is going to just help it boost it up a bit because you're just really reminding them to buy or sort of giving them, giving them that secondary 
benefit, right? Essentially. But that's really how we think about it too, because if you kind of like maybe before when we're seeing high frequencies, it's when usually when you're spending so much money on like the bottom of the funnel and, but then you're not refilling it with new people from the top. And that's kind of where we see that. For example, like when we run like campaigns for like, let's say Black Friday or something, you want to exhaust that audience as quick as possible because you know that you want to get the, the sales that day. Like any, any sort of loyalty campaign that we're doing for promotions or something like that, it's, we know it's going to last two days. So we don't really care that the frequency is super high because it's just for two days only. And then we go from there. That's usually how we think about it here. I think we have some questions in from Simon. Uh, what's the highest frequency you guys would let a creative, an ad or creative run up until? That's a good question. It's interesting because I, we really, at least here for Voyager, we don't really look at frequency too much because the thing is like, I know for retargeting or bottom frequency is always going to be really high. But if what I'm looking at is then, Hey, is this ad or creative giving me the ROAS or CPA that I'm happy with? If it is, I'm going to keep running it. If it's not, then fine. Because the thing too is like the frequency on Facebook is interesting. And I think it's not hundred percent accurate because if you have a seven day audience and you have a bottom of the funnel or middle of the funnel campaign running and you have a, an ad in there, the frequency will say like 10 or 12, but that seven people in that seven day audience are, are refilling themselves every seven days. So then the frequency doesn't really make sense to me. So I think there's something wrong with how it's calculating because on the eighth day, a certain amount of people drop out and you get people from the first day coming in. So I think that frequency in the Facebook system isn't too accurate for custom audiences, but I think for top of the funnel, it's pretty accurate. That's my take on it because for me, logically it doesn't make sense. Like how do you have 10 frequency on a seven day audience that I just refilled last week? I know they didn't see an ad 10, 10 times already. So. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Focusing on like not monitoring frequency, but monitoring like, you know, CPC or CPAs and ROAS. And yeah. if it gets too bad, then you can look at frequency as an explanation as to why. Cause I, you know, in that last example that I was talking about in my last company that happened all the time. And they're like, why is, you know, why are you, why isn't Facebook producing as much, you know, new leads as it was the month before. And then to answer that question, we could say, okay, frequency or something like that. Thanks guys for coming. I really appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks everybody for the questions. It was really good. Um, thanks for everybody on chat as well. Simon. Until next thanks time. guys. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.